This show is sponsored by Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows, including your favorite anime, anytime, anywhere on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. Why is it that when people fall on top of each other, they always end up kissing? I've never fallen on someone and kissed them. I've never I mean, fallen you, on someone ever. You would think the force of falling on someone, you'd probably knock your teeth against <laughs> their oh, yes. teeth or something. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That'd it be would be really, really uncomfortable. Pressure-sensitive breaking systems in their lips. When the lips touch, their bodies like suspend in midair just so they can have a nice, gentle kiss. Perfect pressure. <laughs> Perfect pressure lips. <laughs> You just heard the song Senko no Prisoner from the anime Maho Senso by the artist Yuka Nandi. And you are listening to the 213th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where our sole mission is to make your, your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. worse. That was great. My name is Cram, and joining me as always are my lovely co-hosts, Chiaki and Mitsugi. Say hello, guys. Hello, everyone. Chiaki here. Good to be here. I was awoken today at 5 a.m. by the sound of elderly Japanese people shoveling mountains of snow on the street. Mountains of snow. We had a... a at least say Japan version of a blizzard mm-hmm. last night. I think we got something like uh, 11.8 inches or something. Record snowfall. I like. I know in, in in like the places where it was deeper, as I was walking, it was over the top of my boot. And I wasn't like, they aren't ankle boots. Yeah, I think we're the only people indoors right now because everyone's shoveling the street. <laughs> we're we, being we, bad we just don't have that Japanese sense people. of duty that everyone does. <laughs> we, have, we have no yard, so I'm going to shovel my roof. And then when the snow falls under the street, I'm going to go shovel the street. And, th- and then I'm going to go shovel the convenience store lot. <laughs> Actually, because somebody really might have to come. Me. Somebody might have to get to work and come home at, uh, at, at 11.30 p.m. tomorrow night. Oh, how inconvenient. Uh, as always, if you would like to, you could drop us a review on iTunes. If you want to help us out, that would be great. We'd really appreciate that. And you can find us at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes, uh, where you, again, please give us a rating and a review. And on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. And then, of course, at twitter.com at AAA Podcast, where all of our Facebook posts just kind of get dumped, too. But, like um, we're like we're, dri- we're driving through a blizzard. <laughs> yeah, 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 things meets, like that. <laughs> Mitsugi's driving through a blizzard and texting. 
Uh, yep. And uh, Chiaki and Cram's wife are passing a bottle of vodka. <laughs> yeah, what was with that anyway? <laughs> I'm trying to drive, and you and you guys are passing vodka around. It's ridiculous. Terrible. You can also You're find get me. me arrested. I don't think I don't think that's legal in Japan. As uh, long as the driver isn't. Yeah, drinking. it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, totally, hundred percent fine. You can have open containers in Japan. Because I'm totally a Japanese lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> we we're gonna go with it. Anyway, let, let, uh, let's stop interrupt. I'm interrupting Cram now. Uh, and you can find us on uh, Ustream.tv every Saturday uh, live, broadcasting live from Japan at 9.30 p.m. Uh, EST. And actually, recently, I've been uh, been tweeting a lot of uh, screen caps from the anime I've been watching and doing little commentaries and what like whatnot. So you can find me on Twitter at Dusty Cram Cram. So uh, we do have a five-star review today. Would someone like to read this? I'll read it. All right. This review was submitted by Barefoot X Suyu Del- DLC. That's so, a hell of a username. Very difficult. <laughs> so, Hontoni Sugoi, really love this show. Why? Show is broadcasted in friggin' Japan. That's, That's right. what's up. What up? Truth. Second, down to earth hosts. Contents have substance. Enough said. That's right. Uh-huh. Third, not related to po- to podcasts, but the aaapodcast.com is beautifully crafted. Oh, thank you. You made my anime it is kind of tangentially words. related to the podcast. I mean, I, yeah, I would right. like to think would that, so. that <laughs> most people who at least listen for more than one episode go to the site. I mean, I don't know if people know this, but we have bios and stuff on the site. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah. Like, there's, right. there's stuff there. You, you can stalk us on, 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 the, on the website. You, you can. can. We have new forum members this week. Uh, Smack It, Belgarath, Attack on Titties, Panda of Moe Damnation, and Destiny Wolf. Attack, Attack on Titties! Damn it. Yes! Man, Damn I it. wanted that one bad. Oh, I wanted that so bad. I'll go with with Panda of Moe Damnation. Oh, you that, left... Oh. That really goes along with my own sort I was, of philosophies. I was going to say, that sounds like something that could be a part of the church. Like, you send out the Panda of Moe Damnation when when someone is, you know, needing to be damned. I guess I'll take Smack It. <sighs> Smack that ass. There were 10 correct answers in the trivia this week. The answer was Soichiro from My Son Ikoku. And the answer, the correct answers came from Attack on Titties, Third Luck Charm, Aldone, Bobatsko, Shake a Spear, Takiora 77, Chapter 9, The Count, Astrophysics, and Is No Try. This week's winner is Is No Try. And the month's winner is Astrophysics. Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. What do we have for Johnny? Next month's theme is going to be old timers. What does that mean? Old timers. I did old anime. Like oh, okay. Basically, pre nineteen ninety. Rock and roll. Pre nineteen ninety. Awesome. I was I, when I suggested that topic. I was thinking more like nineteen seventies. Nineteen forty. What do you? Yeah. Anyway, but I, um, I have a, I have some nineteen seventies in there. It's mostly seventies and eighties. I didn't go back much farther. Astrophysics is in the chat, so congratulations. You yeah. have already oh, been. Astrophysics, you're here. You have already Hi. been contacted Congrats. about amazing prizes that you will be receiving. So we're going to jump into our giant overflowing triple A mailbag or unalmighty anime mailbag. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, bag, bag. Wonderful. So our first mailbag comes from Maverick Eveltal. Do you want to read this, someone? I'll read it. Hi there, AAA podcast. Here's my question for you guys. Since they announced about the new Pokemon movie, Cocoon of Destruction, being released on July 19th, 2014, will you guys go see it when it comes out? The movie is related to 
Zernius. Did I say that right? Zernius. Yeah. Zernius and Yveltal. Yveltaru. Zernius. No, I'm not going to see this movie. I'm not going to see it. No. No. Sorry. There is something kind of cool about the Pokemon movies, though, is usually they offer some kind of secret special Pokemon that you can only get at a certain time in the movie. And while you're watching the film in the theater, it'll pop up on the screen a little message that'll say, open your DS now and download the the special Pokemon. You have five minutes to do it. So you're sitting in the theater and then you see all of these DS screens like (laughs) pop up and light up. It's really great. That's that's really (laughs) cool. In the most polite and discreet way possible. I I think it's the only way you can get away with playing a a DS in a movie theater without someone like me kicking your ass. Uh, (laughs) In Japan, that would never happen. You could like bust out an entire meal and a drum set and play it and nobody would mess with you. Mm. What? Well, yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. the second mailbag is written is submitted by Bob Bob 101. Dear podcasters, I am going to ask you a question that I am fairly sure of what the answer is, but I want clarification from someone who knows a lot more about this than I do. After listening to your episode about the gender theory, I was wondering why, even though it is so popular with much of the anime watching people in Japan, it seems like a harem could never really succeed in American media. Is it because people over here would protest about it being demeaning to women? Or is it the fact that Americans are more open about how they really feel, making half of the harem selling points moot? Obviously, a different value system is part of the answer, but what's your take on this? Um, I would say it's the latter. I think that I think in Japan, harem anime tend to cater to the guys that are mostly you know alone. They don't have a lot of women in their lives, and so... That's why a lot of that's why you see a lot of harem characters are like the really weak nerdy guy with glasses who it's, would well, never get girls like that because they're trying to create this fantasy world for the viewer. It's 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 wish fulfillment. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. shows are made for otaku, and you know, I don't want to to speculate and generalize, you know, a, an entire group of people because I don't like doing that kind of thing. But it's kind of obvious when you watch those shows that it's meant to satisfy this certain kind of uh, desire or this craving or this escapist fantasy. And I think um, I think that's that's just really clear when you watch that kind of stuff. That it's it's about absolutely wish, wish, wish fulfillment. The weak character is on you know the audience cipher, and you step into his role because he's weak and kind of an empty palette, you know, or a, a blank slate, if you will. And uh, you I know, think you pretend know, you have a bunch of girlfriends. I think it takes a different form in America, but I would almost say that that the same type of thing, the same type of wish is fulfilled. Because I think of I think of movies where. Um, you have the guy who maybe goes like the zero to hero route yeah. and and then all of a sudden like like I'm thinking those those really cliche college movies where you have the guy who gets into the fraternity or something and there's the elder frat brother who takes him under his wing and he goes from the studious guy to like all the girls in the sororities want to bang him. Yeah. And it's it's really the same there is, type. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't there is call kind it of a, a whole zero a zero to hero is a good way to put it though. Like risky business in films like yeah. that. There totally is that kind of and and it's not genre, it's not will. the same true harem style, I realize, but it's mm. the same kind of thing where you go from somebody who's generally unnoticed to all of a sudden, all the ladies want you, and that's right. that's what a harem is. Like, I just think in America, when you if you're alone and you are kind of a, a shut in nerdy guy, you're just gonna watch porn. I don't know. You're not gonna be bothered. <laughs> Maybe crap. you're gonna watch porn, Mitsuki. <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a pretty sig- fair amount of people in America that probably just watch harem anime, just like Japanese people do. I'm sure there's I'm a huge community of people that watch this kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's not to say that American otaku aren't getting similar things out of this. 
Yeah, absolutely. The internet is for porn and the AAA podcast. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's a binary. <laughs> <laughs> so next we're going to discuss our Anime Oscars award show nominations. But first, we're having a live breaking news from the Church of Mitsugi. The Pope himself is giving a press conference regarding prior comments he made regarding the anime Space Dandy. Our very own reporter Chiaki is standing by. Hi, yes, I'm here live at the Church of Mitsugi and it has been quite a busy... Stop pushing. Busy day. Numerous reporters are in attendance to hear Pope Mitsugi. Yes, Pope Mitsugi is coming out on his balcony to make an official statement. Oh, oh wait, here he is now. Thank you all for coming today. I hope you feel blessed by the sanguine embrace of the Church of Mitsugi's pews. Recently, there has been some negative sentiment regarding a comment made two weeks ago about the anime Space Dandy. I wish to clarify that statement. It is the Church of Mitsugi's belief that the funding and press which Funimation and the Western television networks gave to Space Dandy are indicative of how they perceive the Western anime fans. A fandom they perceive to be more interested in nonsense and chewing cherry-flavored bubblegum than grounded storytelling. This view of the anime community and its fans is not shared by myself, the Church of Mitsugi, its affiliates, or any of its sponsors. Pope Mitsugi! Pope Mitsugi, yes, over here! A question! Pope Mitsugi, will Space Dandy cosplayers be cast into hell with the Hitalia cosplayers? Inquiring minds want to know. No, no, we don't believe that that is our stance at this time. Uh, can you comment about those enjoying the recent Saikin Imoto no Yoisu anime, otherwise known as Ghost Rape the anime? Those people know who they are and are clinging to their crumbling days on Earth. Their souls are already damned. Okay, that's all the time we have for questions today. You can join our anti-moe rally at 7 p.m., if you're interested in asking additional questions. Thank you. Well, it looks like the press conference is ending. We will now take you back to the news from Ibaraki, Japan. Thank you, Chiaki. That was certainly an interesting press conference. I feel blessed. I'm always a little scared to go to the Church of Mitsugi. <laughs> I never quite sprayed, know what I'll see there. Afraid you're going to get sprayed with uh, holy nominee. <laughs> <laughs> last last time I was there, they had the uh, Lucky Star Girls just strung up. That's great. Yeah. So now it's time for an Anime Oscars update. Uh, the voting for our Anime Oscars are now open, and you can find that at www.animeoscars.aaapodcast.com. That's three dots in there, guys. Also available from the top page of the website at our regular website, www.aaapodcast.com. There's a big banner that says Anime Oscars. Can't miss it. Click it. Can't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> special thank you. Uh, we want to give a special thanks to our uh, AAA Academy of Podcasters for their nominations, and that includes Anime 3000, Anivision, Ichigo from Anime Pulse, Unofficial One Piece Podcast, and Gundam at MAHQ. Uh, and at the time we're recording right now, we have about 2,500 votes cast. Is yeah. that right? That's great. 
that's wonderful. More votes. More votes. Chiaki wants more. So we have uh, we have several uh, categories here, and I'm going to list them off just to remind everyone. We have Best Original Series, so that's no prior source material. Uh, best Action Adventure Anime. Best Romance. Best Drama slash Slice of Life. Best Comedy. Best Mecha. Best Actress. So not the voice actress, but the character. So probably Best Female Character. Best Male character best score best animation and worst of 2013 or as mitsugi likes to call it the pooper scooper award which there is a there is a heated battle for (laughs) (laughs) i won't i won't say who's in the lead but there is a heated battle there are two specific shows that are clearly ahead of the rest (laughs) (laughs) i have to check it uh uh, you'll you'll tell me in the break i'm sure well i'll tell you in the news and then there will be an overall best of 2013 uh we're going to jump into an anime news break but first uh while we're on break we'll have a poll and the poll question is what would you want most for Valentine's Day? A, ki- a kiss from Levi, a motorboat from Revy, a panty shot lineup from the cast of K-On, a lap dance from Cram, yours truly, <laughs> or a love letter from Golden Times Kagakoko. We're going to get into an anime news break and we'll be back after that. you anime addicts this is chiaki and this is your anime news break first up attack on titan is being used to advertise bento if you want to look online to see the colossal titan eating a bento off the top of the wall look for hoka hoka te attack on titan it's a japanese bento food chain and their promotions will start march 6 customers who buy one of their bentos can get a figure of one of the attack on titan characters wearing a hoka hoka te uniform there's also a lottery and a number of other things so if you're going to be in japan check out these bento in other news for those of you who are fans of Hardcatch precure a precure voice actress will be going on hiatus for health region reasons the agency of singer and voice actress Kanako Miyamoto has recently reported that she will be taking a break from all show business due to poor health. According to the agency, the, her health has deteriorated since the end of 2013. She's tried to get better, but is still not completely recovered. The agency did report that they tried to find a way for her to complete her all her work, but due to the situation, it became hard to continue working. There is no news regarding who will replace her in her role as Cure Sword in Doki Doki Pre-Cure. Another news, Movic has released some news that might make you excited. They have announced that they will be recreating Sakura Kinomoto's ceiling wand and star wand from Card Captor Sakura. They will be made out of die-cast zinc. Each is about 15 centimeters or 6 inches long and will sell for, in my opinion, a very reasonable 3,456 yen or about 34 US dollars. That's not the only thing they're making though. They've also announced that as part of its new Eternal Masterpiece line, they will be recreating the swords from Sword Art Online and Tales of Destiny. The die-cast zinc swords though are only about 15 centimeters or 6 inches long which is just bigger than a letter opener as something to keep an eye on. They will ship in late April for 4,104 yen, or about $41, and the Sordians will go for 3,780 yen, or about $37. Well, not quite cosplay items, if you're a fan of the series, they're probably worth 
purchasing. In other news, for those of you in United States of America, Miss America has recently announced that it has acquired the television anime series The Pilot's Love Song for retail release in North America in addition to streaming. The anime has been streaming on Crunchyroll since it premiered in Japan this past month. This was Chiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Oh my god, guys. Hulu Plus is probably the best thing I ever bought from my phone. It is so cool. Wow, really? I don't even know what it is. Could you tell me about it? How do you it? not know what it is, Karen? We've talked about it on the show forever. Well, I have a very nice rock that I live under, but, you know, I, I only hear about things from time to time. Let me show you some sunlight here. This thing, this Hulu Plus, lets you watch pretty much any anime that you want that they've got on your phone or tablet or wherever you happen to be what? haven't you ever wanted to sit next to an old man on the train and just cram random anime in his face do what to, to random anime cram it oh, oh. by hulu plus you've probably tried hulu.com hulu plus is so much more with hulu plus you can watch your favorite shows anytime anywhere hulu plus lets you watch thousands of hit tv shows and movies in the living room or on the go with your smartphone or tablet with hulu plus you can watch your favorite tv shows like attack on titan Naruto Shippuden, One Piece, Black Lagoon, and more. Watch every episode of shows like Bleach, Dragon Ball Z, Sword Art Online, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and more. You can also check out exclusive content including Hulu originals like The Wrong Mans and Behind the Mask, Hulu's new docuseries that takes you inside the world of sports mascots. You'll also get access to a collection of ad-free movies and kids' content. For only $7.99 a month, catch up on current shows, binge on old favorites, or catch a great movie. Stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can try Hulu Plus for free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash anime. That's a special offer for our listeners. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com forward slash anime so you get the extended free trial and then know that we sent you. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime right now for your extended two-week free trial. And we're back to the 213th session of the Animatics Anonymous podcast, and we're going to jump into our main topic here, uh, which was suggested by BPE Exeter, uh, one of our, our listeners, and we, we appreciate the suggestion. And Cram, uh, first we have results from our poll. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. So the poll question was, what would you want most for Valentine's Day? Because there will be not be another episode before Valentine's Day happens. The choices were a kiss from Levi, a motorboat from Revy, a panty shot lineup from the cast of Kaon, a lap dance from Cram, or a love letter from Golden Times Kagakoko. And with 29% of the votes, the winning choice was a kiss from Levi. Woo! I didn't realize there were that many what? girls in the chat. What? Well, oh, I'm a singer. Yeah, in, in second place was a motorboat from Revy with uh, 25%, I agree. And in third place, with 21%, was a lap dance from Cram. Aww. 
So there are some 21% of, of the chat would Graham, like to have you give them a lap dance. During How do you the feel? after party, you should shake it. You should shake uh, it like a Polaroid picture. I might do that. Also, yeah. before we get into our main topic, because we live in Japan... Speaking of kisses from Levi. I oftentimes run across anime-related goods and merchandise, you know, generally everywhere. You can't get away from it. Especially at places like 7-Eleven and Lawson and the other convenience stores. And this week, I ran into several Attack on Titan-related food products, of which I bought all of them. And I am going to present to you today what is called the Mogu Mogu Gurepu. Uh, Attack on Titan gummy candy and I'm just gonna hold the little box up it has a picture of a uh, Levi on the front of it and on the side of the box it has the best picture ever various pictures of Levi including him like dashing really fast and one of him looking really uh, I don't know um, Levi moody or whatever you would call him and the best picture yet of uh, the scene in Attack on Titan where they have Aaron tied up in the courtroom and Levi runs over and just starts kicking the shit out of him. So there's a picture of him, like, drop-kicking Aaron in the face, which made me feel happy. And these gummy candies are grape. And you may not know this as a listener, but grape is one of Chiaki's least favorite flavors in the I world. Hate. I was really sick as a kid, and I ate so much Dimetab. Oh, Dimetab's so good. I love it. I, I love hate Dimetab. I, drink, I hate drink it. that shit straight. I, I hate it stuff. because I had to drink so much of it when I was a kid, and so, I was scarred. Oh, my God. It's a little... It's a little little yeah. titan head. Yeah, so, so also... <laughs> oh, on, it is! Oh, that's so cute! So on these gummy candies, there are like little little g- titan heads printed onto them. So I'm going to watch Chiaki eat this candy. Go ahead and eat it. And I'm going to make fun to. of her while she eats this it. This is the smell. Should I eat it at the same time? So she's, so she's, so she's putting it in her mouth, and I'm going to make fun of the face that she makes. Oh, God. So she's closing her eyes. She, oh, it's she's crunching up. She She's going to... Oh, it's worse than... Apparently, it's worse than... I can't nozzle. stand it. I'm eating mine. I thought it was really good. I loved it. In fact, I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna eat the rest of them during the next news break. <clears throat> oh no! So I just brushed my teeth and it's not reacting well. Oh, that's not it's good. Like, it's like drinking orange juice after brushing your teeth. Anyway, I, I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm with her on this one. Okay, so they don't like it. I thought it was fine. So anyway, so what's our main topic today? <laughs> the main topic is I anime perspectives while they finish eating. Was suggested by uh, B- BPE Exeter on the forum. BPE Exeter wrote, he, I, want, I wanted to send you guys something to help guide your discussion here. So what he did was he sent us a, a website that breaks down 12 of the critical approaches to analyzing literature. I just posted it to the chat. So that was just posted to the chat, and I'm not going to go through what all of them are, but... Well, I think we should, but just do the little for, synopsis, brief all right, well, If you're going to do it, do it quickly, because it's going to bore the hell out of everybody listening. <laughs> okay, so there... There are 12, uh, 12 critical approaches that we'll be uh, working within today. Uh, first is anthropological. That deals in aspects of everyday life in various cultures. Uh, the second is archetypal, which deals uh, in the it, it, the approach accepts the idea of the unconscious mind developed by, uh, by um, Carl Jung. Uh, and it also deals in figures or patterns recurring in works of the imagination. So when you think about the fact that various cultures have vampire mythology that kind of deals in the archetypal critical framework uh biographical relates to the author's life and thoughts to uh to his or her work narratological concerns itself with the structure of narrative new criticism uh which uh, believes that everything needed to analyze the work is contained within the text without external context uh new historicism which uh means that all perspectives tend to reflect a concern with the period in which the text is produced and or read um, like period pieces, yeah. Like, um, but no, I think it's a lot more like 
paying attention to when the work was made. Yes. Not not a period piece by definition is like if you if you have a show or a movie that depicts like the 1500s but it's made today, yeah. that's a period piece. But what historianism is or historicism historicism historicism, excuse me, is looking at is why is someone today making a period piece about the 1500s? What does that mm. say about the context of the person who's making it today? You can, you can also use historicism to look at a work uh, from a technological standpoint. So today, because we, you know, people make things, uh, make films and television shows in color, to make something in black and white is an artistic choice. Mm. Um, so you have to analyze why that choice is being made. But if you try to analyze why, for example, Citizen Kane was made in black and white, uh, it, it, you can't hold it up to those same standards because it, it was made in black and white because of the technological limitations of the time. So those considerations uh, deal with the historicism perspective. Uh, Post-structuralism, uh, which considers the relationship between language and meaning, ultimately rejecting any certainty of meaning. meaning. So this is maybe the ultimate subjective uh, critical approach. Um, it, it really it really leans on the concept of deconstruction and finding various meanings within a work and not one defined meaning. Psychoanalytical, uh, such criticism aims at uncovering the working of the human mind, especially the expression of the unconscious. Some deep shit right there. <clears throat> reader response criticism, uh, which is basically holding the text as incomplete until it's read and then finding which uh, which framework you're going to approach the text from after you've decided basically what the piece's goals are. Uh, semiotics deals in language um, as an arbitrary but shared system of assigned meanings. So it's very, it's very much uh, an analyzed... Uh, an analysis of the language of a piece. I did so <clears throat> much with semiotics in my undergrad. Oh my god! Yeah, it's fun. Encoding, decoding. Oh yep. Ugh. Social criticism concerns itself with social functions of text. Uh, it's similar to historical criticism in recognizing literature as a reflection of environment. Um, and you can get into Marxism, feminist criticism, gender criticism, green theory, queer studies. All of these things feed into this kind of social criticism and dealing in sociopolitical um, things, you know, economic uh, messages and what within a text. Um, structuralism is like new criticism in that it concentrates on elements within works of literature without focus on, focusing on historical, social, bio, uh, biographical influence, any of that stuff. And... Uh, that language is a complete self-contained system and should be studied as such. So it's very similar to new criticism, but it's kind of more focused on language. What I One thing I want to say or just mention is that for those of you who are listening not live and you didn't get the link to the, this in the chat, um, it will be up on the post that for this episode on the website. Okay. So if you want to get the link and, and actually spend your time digesting all of those rather than the, the select ones we're going to talk about, you can get that link and see our source material. So we're going to break this down into two sections, basically how we approach uh, anime criticism as a consumer and then as an artistic evaluator, uh, more or less. Um, yeah, we should move on to the next phase. The chat's starting to fall asleep. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I, I thought that was important enough to, to break <laughs> down a little bit. <laughs> So um, before reading uh, the text, before reading the, the link that BP Exeter so kindly sent us, um, how did you approach anime as a consumer? And we can start with uh, Chiaki. So what I normally, my approach as a, a reviewer and an evaluator is generally different from my approach as a consumer. I know I wouldn't be surprised if 
you cram and and I know you'll talk about it, but you're very much the same for both of them because mm-hmm. I know I know you generally take things and and evaluating mediums very seriously, both as a personal and then as a as a re- reviewer evaluator. Mm-hmm. But for me, if I'm approaching something purely as a consumer, it really is as a consumer and i mean that in the most traditional capitalist sense where if i want it i buy it if it makes me happy if it fulfills something in me then i want to own it and it's if it makes me laugh or cry or if it's something i want to watch again and again then i want to own it or merchandise of it it's not necessarily oh this this is a great piece of whatever sure it can be i mean i've definitely bought things that are but I, I would buy an entire limited edition box set of Cheese Sweet Home. And that is not <laughs> that is not a contribution to the animation. I, I see community. what you're saying. You see the value in in comfort food, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good way to put it. And when I'm a consumer, I'm not doing it for the show or for for other people. It's just for me. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's really how I approach it as a consumer. I really don't have time in my life to have a consumption of anime outside of the podcast so that's so sad <laughs> well i mean i'm watching like 15 anime for the podcast yeah, i go to the gym every day i commute like two hours a day i mean there's just no time so basically when i watch anime i am i am both watching it for the podcast as as a as a for you know as a reviewer and also consuming it for pleasure and there are some anime that I really love that I'm watching that, that certainly fall into that category. But when I'm watching anime in general, uh, as a consumer, I try to do it from the consumer's perspective. So, I mean, if an anime doesn't appeal to me personally, I generally don't. I mean, I'm not going to, like, hold it in high regard. But sometimes I do try to sort of think about how other people would, would, would see an anime and how they would like it. I mean, there are plenty of anime out there that I don't personally enjoy even from this season, but I can t- I can see definitely why other people would like it. For example, Space Dandy. I don't really like Space Dandy, but I, I see. You don't say. I see. <laughs> really? But I I can I can name five or six reasons why other people do. And so, even though as a consumer I might not like Space Dandy, I totally get it. But here's here's my question for you, Mitsugi. If let's say you have twenty bucks, and let's say anime stores still exist, and let's say you actually want to buy a DVD, so we're well into the land of a hypothetical. I oh, realize, yeah. Yeah. but you're in that store in this hypothetical land, and you have two two anime that you can purchase. One of them is one that maybe you enjoy more, but let's say is less critically acclaimed, and then the other one, let's say you like it, but Maybe it's not your favorite. You like it less than the than the other one, but it's more critically acclaimed. Which one do you walk home with? Do you want people to look at your your personal consumer anime shelf and go, "Wow, these are all really fancy titles," or or do you just buy what you like? I mean, I have no consumer anime shelf. I, I know it's a hypothetical, it's but hypothetical. so okay. So so on my keychain, I have a number of anime related items, and normally back in the states, I had the smallest, most compact keychain ever. I had like the automatic car opener a key, and then, like, a keychain that had the, the brand of my car on it, and that was it. Now that I'm in Japan, I have, like, 12 other items on my keychain that are all anime-related. So a key I, to your house. So I've got... I've got a, reasonable. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> so aside from regular keys to my house, I have two little figures of Attack on Titan characters. I have a, I have a figure of Jojo, Joseph, uh, Joseph Joestar from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, and I have a figure from Kuroko no Basuke, 
and I have a little like little medallion type figure that I a uh, little little item that I got that's from Mimio Samasiba, Whisper of the Heart. Geek. So Geek. Geek, it's Ghibli. <laughs> Sorry. So basically those are all animes that that people recognize. I, I just I held them up to my sixth graders just a couple days ago because I just don't give a shit anymore. And I'm like, check this out. And they were like, oh, and they can name everything on it. So I tend to buy what I like. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to buy something just so other people will recognize it and think that I'm yeah, cool or whatever. As a consumer, the things that I've, I actually purchase, I'm, I'm working on getting all of the Japanese Ghibli Blu-rays, which are ex- really expensive and... I, I'm very proud of my collection, but it's, um, it's a it's a it's a worthwhile quest. I, I think so. I think so. They're kind of uh, timeless to me, and I I hope to show them to my kids someday. Um, oh, just think yeah. of cram spawning, and you can point out all of the imp- imperfections in the animation as they are revealed in Blu-ray. <laughs> I told you about that. I got the the Princess Mononoke Blu-ray, and uh, it I love it. It's beautiful, but you can see the animation mistakes, and it makes me sad. <laughs> uh, so are you are you done with um? With your yeah, approach, you, yeah, you sure, why not? So, um, f- for me, in the simplest terms, I look for entertainment uh, in its rawest form as a consumer. Um, however, I'm never really able to turn, like, like Chiaki said, I'm not able to turn off the critic inside me ever. I can't do that fully. It almost never happens. Um, the goals of the creator are never far from my mind when I'm letting a piece of entertainment wash over me, so to speak. And when I spot an inconsistency or a creative misstep, it immediately affects my enjoyment of the piece, no matter how you know lowbrow or entertainment for the sake of entertainment the piece may be. See, I would venture guess that really everyone as a consumer is in it for entertainment. It's just how much of other stuff do you have going in your head that's right. going to put lenses and filters that can cloud that entertainment. Exactly. I think the closest I ever get to that is uh, nostalgia watching. There are some things that I can't I can't look at with a critical eye. Um, as much as I try, like what? I can see um, films from my childhood. Beetlejuice is one. Beetlejuice. <laughs> which know, which really which strange. one? Which one? Is there only one? There's only one. one. There's a, there was a cartoon show. Yeah, with Michael Keaton. I like that movie. Uh, I love that movie, and I. I watch it probably like once a year and every time I watch it, it just hits this nostalgia button in me and I cannot criticize it for its very obvious problems. One of which is that Beetlejuice doesn't really need to be in the movie at all. (laughs) It's a much better movie without him, truth be told. (laughs) But I can't, I can't get over that. There are moments in that movie that, that just push, push all those buttons the right way. Like the moment where he's wearing the, the black and white striped suit and Lydia says his name three times finally. And he dusts off his jacket and says, it's showtime chills every time <laughs> every time i like caddyshack better caddyshack is great that's but i don't feel that I, it wasn't part of my childhood so i don't feel that way but i think approaching something with a uh with this consumer this being able to turn off the critic and let something just be enjoyment for enjoyment's sake the only time i ever approach that is with nostalgia watching you know what my favorite scene in caddyshack is what? We're so off topic. it's the scene where um where 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 Bill Murray is teeing off on the flowers, and he's like, and he's like, oh yeah, man from the mountains, tears in his <laughs> eyes, I guess, and he's like, and he's like driving the flowers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's I a love, really good movie. It is it's really a great good. movie. Uh, Ghostbusters Two is kind of like that for me. Ghostbusters love, Two is a terrible, terrible film. Yeah, I, I, I love, can't I love both it. of them. Wait, Ghostbusters. Is, is Ghostbusters 2 the one with Zool? Or was that the That's first one? That's the first one. There, the second one's one. with, uh, with what's Vigo. Vigo. Yeah. Oh, okay. Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo the Carpathian. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to jump into um, 
our primary approaches or what we think our primary approach and secondary approach is when we view things as consumers um, before we jump into as like artistic evaluators. So, Chiaki. So for me, when I was reading through the frameworks and having to pick one, I think the closest for me at, as a consumer was the reader response criticism, the one that looks at the interaction of the reader with the text and holding the text as incomplete until it is read. Um, the reason why I think this really exemplifies me as a consumer is because it really is, I like to look at how I relate to a show and what that show says to me personally rather than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> rather, rather than going, okay, this is trying to be a really in-depth, postmodern discussion on feminism or something. I mean, mm. that's all well and good, but if it doesn't resonate with me, it it doesn't resonate with me. And so I think I think a reader response really suits me and my primary approach as a consumer because I really look at how I relate to the text or the animation after it is consumed rather than going into it with all these notions of what it should be and what it can be and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Right on. What about uh, Mitsugi? How do you feel? So I chose structuralism because when I'm watching an anime, I tend to just focus on the anime itself, the the elements within the show, and not really focus on any of the outside influences that may have that may occur elsewhere. So I don't really pay too much of attention to the to the social or the historical influences that the show might have. I like to latch on to the narrative and sort of follow the story and analyze that critically and. Yeah, um, that brings you the most joy, I think. I, I tend to look at a work self-contained and heavily examine that narrative and the quality of the writing without really taking into account, you know, things that may have existed prior or alongside of, alongside the show. And if the narrative's terrible or if the writing's bad, that just kills it for me. You're pretty sensitive to pacing issues, which I think I is is very much within the structuralism realm and how the language of the piece kind of drives the narrative. Which is weird because Hunter Hunter is a show that I really enjoy, but mm. it is, oh God, it, it is challenging Dragon Ball Z's Frieza battle for the slowest section of an anime ever at this particular point with the bat, with the final battle of the... Of is the, that a shonen problem? I've always, I've always no, said No, I don't that, think so. I think it's a... Some shows just have issues and all, all on their own, like the writer's slow yeah. or he got sick. I, I, or they're waiting may for be. another volume yeah. of the manga to Hunt, come out. Hunter, just as a just side tangent, just for a moment, Hunter Hunter is so slow that there was a moment recently where for there was supposed supposedly a, a, something that happened over about the span of twenty seconds that lasted three or four episodes. 20, 20, yeah. 20 in show seconds. That's DBZ stuff right there. I've always said that DBZ uh, might be a really special show because it takes place in longer than real time, which. Other shows don't. <laughs> it's unbelievable. That's not how that works. They're all moving so quickly that like their thoughts can just go forever while they're fighting, and it's anyway. So yeah, very cool. How about, um, you, how about you, Cram? What do you think? You know, for as a consumer, the I suppose if I'm looking at the most basic elements of entertainment in a work, it could be said that I'm attempting to subscribe to no critical approach. No. Oh. But this, of course, would be impossible for me. <laughs> so as best as I can surmise, a new critical framework, uh, new criticism, uh, is my goal when consuming on quote-unquote autopilot, which is to say consumption for consumption's sake. Uh, for example, escapism or lazy Sunday viewing. 
Um, allowing the contents of the work itself to drive my enjoyment without regard for external context, uh, including my own education, uh, kind of denotes this particular framework in my mind. So I would say new criticism uh, kind of defines me as a as a consumer just watching to escape I think the fact that we all die alone and screaming. <laughs> wow. Hey, Graham, <laughs> you really took this to a new place. I think it's interesting that you said new criticism was what fit you as a consumer because I thought that was what fit me as an evaluator. Mm. And maybe you'll agree or disagree. Like, if you disagree, totally say so. I'm, mm. I'm interested. But before reading the link, I thought about myself as an evaluator. And I generally like to think that I have a reproach to reviewing where I try to look at an anime and think about what it has to say, where its niche will be in the greater overall pool that is the medium and what its lasting contributions it will give to the community. I generally think that's what I look for because a lot of times when I'm reviewing, I will compare it to things that are masterpieces, that mm. are that are timeless, that are incredible examples of storytelling and what this medium can be and what it can do and what it should be in my opinion and so I think for me when I when I try to evaluate a piece I really try to look just at that piece and mm. not all of the other like existential things that can be attached to it so as you, you already explained what new criticism was but the reason why I like this particular approach or I think it may be akin to me is because I really do try to look solely at the animation itself and well I, I think whatever the director was intending to do or other things surrounding the anime are important I don't see it as the end all or even a primary thing for evaluating an anime I'm, my example is you can intend to make a piece of shit <laughs> you yeah. can and make a piece of shit and just because you succeeded in doing that doesn't make it a Good show. I'm gonna bite my tongue. Um, I also actually I can't. I, 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 I can't some, bite my tongue. I think that happens a lot. Sometimes I feel like that's Uva Bowl's um, primary mo. You yeah. know who Uva Bowl is? Uh -uh. UFO table? No, Uva Bowl is a <laughs> he's a ter terrible, terrible filmmaker <laughs> Uva who's, who's made such uh, such classics as House of the Dead and Blood Rain and oh. the Postal movie and just he he just. He scoops up video game properties and makes awful movies out of them. I I just think that I I agree with you in what you say a lot of times, Crime. And I'm not I don't want it to sound like I'm attacking your review style because that's really not what I'm trying to do. But but I know you've said it a bunch in the uh, you that you try to look at what the director was trying to do and did the mm. director succeed in what they were trying to do? Mm. And I get that and I respect it. But on the flip side, looking at that purely to me. For example, Ghost Rape and P the anime. I have no doubt in my head that the director wanted it to be Ghost Rape and right. P the yeah, anime. No, absolutely. And they completely succeeded. Sure. And it's a by that definition, it is a successful good show. And I cannot say <laughs> stomach that. Right. Well, I mean, and for me, um, I I say that I look for the goals of the creator and to see how well the creator met those goals. But I also have to reconcile that with my own yeah. like, proclivities. Oh, and, and, I, things and I, I know enjoy. you do that. I know you do that. And that's that's what I'm kind of saying with this. The other thing, as I said, I, I like to think of the best work as being timeless pieces. They don't they aren't attached to one person or point or point in time. And I think that focusing too much on the history surrounding a piece can distort its actual merit because it tries to pigeonhole it into one point mm. or one moment in time. But that being said, what I don't like about this particular structure is or framework is that well I do like timelessness I also recognize that art isn't created in a vacuum 
And to better understand a piece, you have to pay attention to the goals of the creator. You have to pay attention to when it was made. Sure. So that's that's my, I don't know, that's my, my thing. Cool. Uh, for me, uh, I would say that that I'm I'm very much uh, as an evaluator, as a critic, I very much subscribe to the reader response uh, framework because my my critical re- approach is so concerned with the goals of the creator, like like we've said many times now, and how well those goals are achieved. Again, reconciling that with my own uh, things things that I look for, things that I am interested in. Um, I must always be able to adapt my outlook to a variety of critical frameworks. So in this way, I must respond, as it is in the, in the title, reader response, I must respond to the content with an appropriately dynamic critical eye. So to approach a piece like, for example, uh, um, uh, Oshii's Angel's Egg, which Ooh, I've you've we can, seen. Now we can talk about. <laughs> uh, with a focus on semiotics would render my analysis largely void of insight since the absence of significant language and dialogue would provide little to criticize. <laughs> so if I want to approach Angel's Egg with a semiotic view, um, dare. there's not really exactly... There wouldn't re- be a whole lot to talk about. I don't think it would be uh, valuable um, um, to to anyone, really. Uh, similarly, I think to decry the artistic merit of Osamu Tezuka's early work due to the technological limitations of the time, I, like I said something about uh, Citizen Kane before, uh, I think that'd be an exercise in the ignorance of, uh, of the historicist critical framework. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, just breaking down a couple of Studio Ghibli films, um, in my mind a film like The Wind Rises benefits from a biographical perspective, while Kaguya Hime no Monogatari requires a narratological analysis. Uh, which I think that we did on this podcast uh, for both of those. Uh, I think Princess Mononoke and Howl's Moving Castle can be viewed through different lenses of social criticism, green theory and feminist criticism, respectively, and so on. So I I do pride myself on adaptability as a critic, so reader response seems to kind of fit my analytical methodology. It's kind of interesting that you picked that also because that was my secondary approach. Mm. I was I was looking at, you know, if it's not this, well, then what else would it be? And, and reader response... Again, I picked it for as a consumer, but I also think it would fit me as a critic for for a lot for a lot of the same reasons that you just illustrated and having multiple levels of meaning and needing to choose the appropriate way to look at different works. Mm. Am I like a baby cram? If I have you if are. I have enough training and tutelage, can I become like yes. a, a, a full blown cram? Absolutely. Self study is key. That's I, most most of the stuff I taught myself. Re- reading is good. Do I have to shave my head though? Yes. Yes. And you have to is grow a beard. The, is that the last? You have to, stage? You have to stick stick your head hair onto your face, and uh, that's it. You got it. You're halfway maybe, there. Maybe this is an maybe this is an indictment of of myself, but I I just like when I think about anime nowadays, I, I almost think it's just it's almost not even worthwhile to, to like think about all of this when you're watching anime because. Like, so little anime has anything to it at all that I just don't even know why we'd even bother to critically analyze any of it. I think I mean, wait, there there okay. are some shows that have come out, like, there are a few, like, Ucho Uto, Kazuku is, is obviously a special anime, and the Ghibli films that came out this year, or last year, rather, are good. But, like, I mean, there's probably nothing from this season that I'm watching where I would have to, like, say, oh, I'm a, I'm a new criticism, a new critic, or I'm a, you know, fundamentalist, or whatever you'd whatever you want to say i just i think the idea behind like these frameworks at least for me is that there's two sides to it there's the side where you say this is what i'm actively trying to do as someone who reviews and analyzes and is a responsible consumer and commentator on this media and then there's the 
this is just what you do as a person when you consume media. It's it's not, at least in my opinion, everyone has one of some elements of some or one or whatever of these approaches, and you just do it without thinking about it, just by by watching a work and consuming it, and the way you think about it fits into one of these frameworks. I don't, I don't think a I don't think a good critic can be defined by one of these frameworks. I think a good critic can have all of his criticisms put into one or more of these categories. But if you, if you say that, you know, this guy is a historicist critic, then I don't think that his criticism is valid across the board for everything that he, he views and criticizes. Um, I, I think you have to, I don't think you can just be one type of critic uh, based on these 12 frameworks. Can I, can I just, I mean, just think about it. Maybe, maybe you don't feel this way, but I almost feel like if you're going to apply all these approaches to, to critically evaluating an anime, I feel like for many shows, for example, I don't know, Sakura Trick or something like that, mm. we may spend more time sitting here talking about, like, cr- critically analyzing the show than the original writer spent writing the content. <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly just being honest. Maybe, I, but... I, 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 I mean, how much thought really went into Diabolic Lovers? I don't know, but... Uh, I don't but know. I don't want to get into that. It, I'm just saying. But, so, but I think even something like, all right, here's an example, likening it to something else. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh God. That is a trash novel that was based off of a Twilight fanfic, smut fan fiction. But there's something that can be critically said about it, even still, because there's still something. Why is this person writing it? Why is it popular? Why does it resonate with people in a way it does? What is it really saying about about the author and about the consumer and about the time that it's made in and about sexuality? And and I, I just think, yeah, there's a lot of times that, that the writer isn't thinking about all of that. I don't think the person who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey was saying, I want to usher in a whole new conversation on sexuality in, in modern day and things like that. But... That's kind of what it does. Yeah, I mean, you can you can approach anything critically, even if it's garbage made to be garbage. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's um, I don't know. I think for me, the 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 thing that I have the hardest time with typically, and I think most people do, are things like um, that are really really esoteric and particularly artistic, uh, and some would say snooty, <laughs> but works that are, are not defined like non sequitur narratives and, and things like that. And, uh, things that rely on, on visuals to kind of express emotion or, you know, just that kind of esoteric, uh, avant-garde. There we go. Mm-hmm. Avant-garde type stuff. Um, and that would belong in the, which framework would that be? Um, that would be, you should approach that from a post-structuralist, I guess. Maybe I think that's right. Probably. Anyway, so anyway. do you guys have any more poignant comments to make about this topic? I think I mean, we're near the end of the outline, so I'm I'm just. I think whatever. I think the main idea behind this is it doesn't matter what you quote unquote try to be. Just try to be an educated consumer. I know we say that a lot, but. Don't say, oh, I'm going to look at everything from a post-structuralist perspective because I read this article. Like, just think about it with your brain powers <laughs> and mm. whatever you end up falling into as long as it's an educated discussion, then great. That's right. Excellent. Okay. All right. So uh, Go good team. topic, guys. That was fun. Uh, we're going to jump into an anime news break, but first we have uh, a poll question. Uh, and the question is, 
which anime uh, we will be doing impressions on are you enjoying the most? That's Maho Senso, World Conquest Zvezda Plot, Nobunagun, Ginnosaji 2, or ZX Ignition. And we're going to jump into this news break and we'll be back in five. Hey everyone, this is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, Aniplex of America has recently announced that the Blue Exorcist television anime series will premiere on Adult Swim's Toonami Block on February 22nd. The previous date that they announced for the show's premiere was in March. The Supernational Action Anime premiered in Japan in 2011. This will be the first time it will be on American television. Aniplex of America released the series on subtitle DVD in North America already. Viz Media's North American streaming service and Neon's Alley ran it in its dubbed format, along with Crunchyroll and Hulu having subtitles. But this will be the first time it's on American television, so if you want to check that out on Toonami, the, the release date is now February 22nd. In other news, pop singer Mayan is getting a Nenroid. The figure will debut Sunday, February 9th at Wonder Festival 2014 at the wonderful Hobby Life For You booth, and it will be sold exclusively on her Dots and Lines tour. The figure is priced at 4,400 yen, which is about 44 US dollars. Accessories include a microphone, hat, taiyaki, and a scarf. The figure is incredibly cute, and you can find pictures of it online. If you're a fan of this anime singer, I recommend checking it out and seeing if you can find one to get your hands on. In other news, Leilax, a Japanese airsoft accessory and custom parts maker, has decided into the realm of making, potentially, cosplay material. The company is collaborating with Ghost in the Shell creator Masume Shido to recreate the assault rifle that appears in the current OAV series Ghost in the Shell Arise. It will have a quality similar to the original, quote-unquote, thanks to its Leilax custom parts of steel, aluminum, and other heavy materials in addition to its design and molding techniques of using strengthened polymer resin. Leilax promises that the gun will be tough enough to withstand survival games. It will be produced with two varieties to be released simultaneous, one a model gun, the other an electric gun. You can find some pictures of their prototypes online, and they look pretty cool. Another news, Valentine's Day is coming up, and Bakery Parole is taking pre-orders for Attack on Titan and Valentine cake rolls. We have already had Christmas cake rolls with Attack on Titan, so it should be no surprise that you could find a cake roll with Levi and a big heart. You can look online to find the designs that feature 13 Attack on Titan characters, Levi, or other things. And finally, for those of you who are fans of Danganronpa the animation, a meter tall plush of Danganronpa's Monokuma has gone for $300. The run at town retailers are bringing the murderous mascot to life in a 150 centimeter or three and a half feet tall plush. This thing is giant. Just look up the pictures. It's big enough to cuddle with if you like something that's totally, totally evil. You can pre-order it for 29,800 yen or about 300 US dollars until March 10th. Shipments will start sometime at the end of May. This was Chiaki and this was your Anime News Break.
And welcome back to the 213th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. We're going to jump into five more jump in. impressions jump in. from shows jump in. from the 2014 in. winter season. <laughs> wait for it. Wait for it. Breaking it down. Triple A dance party. What? Pope in the house. All right, then. Um, I think... I'm going to tap out Mitsugi to go first. Oh, come on. You got to. I'm the boss this time. Next oh, next week, you'll be the boss. Because I've got to, Mr. Boom. Although you could mute my mic, so you're still kind of the boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yes, I have control. So, anyway, the poll. We, we uh, can't forget oh, yeah. about the poll that we ran. Forgetting. Sorry. So, the question was, which anime we will be doing impressions on are you most enjoying? The options were Mahol Sensol, World Conquest, Zvezda Plot, Nobunagan, Ginnosaji 2, and ZX Ignition. And the it's pretty even spread amongst the top three, The but the one that is winning currently has 33% of the votes, and that is World Conquest, Zvezda Plot. So, anyway, so the first anime that I'm going to be doing an impression on is Mahol Sensol. And Mahol Sensol is... A as of now a twelve episode anime that it's is an anime. produced by Studio Madhouse, um, that is directed by Yuzo Sato, whom I have never heard of, but he has done some things. He's he directed Goku Sen, um, Gyakyo Budai Kaiji, which I've never heard of. He directed the fan, the Hunter X Hunter Phantom Rogue movie. Iron Man, the anime, and a couple other things. So he has some good credits to his name. He he directed One Outs, which I enjoyed that. That's a baseball anime about a guy that gambles using his own like baseball skills. Anyway, so Mahol Senso is a magic action anime that is uh, set in the sort of the modern world, but it's not not like a a nonfiction description of Japan at all. So it's about Takeshi Nanase, an ordinary high school boy who has a past that is like a little, little bit dark, that they sort of get to that a little bit in the first three episodes. Uh, due to certain circumstances, um, he runs into a girl that his, her name is Mui Aiba. She, he, she's in like this school uniform he's never seen before. He doesn't recognize her or the uniform in his school. And she's like passed out on the his campus and so he he picks her up and he takes her to the nurse's office and when she wakes up she freaks out at him and draws a gun on him and they go through this whole interaction where they're like who are you i don't know who you are and she pulls a gun on him and ends up kissing him accidentally because this is anime and presses her big her big boobs into him and she says oh i'm a magician and she actually fired her gun at him and because she used magic in his presence, I think he was turned into a magician too, for which she apologizes, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I turned you into, into a magician, I didn't mean to. And Wait, she turned him into a magician? Yes, he is now a magician. Okay. It's like, it, it's like, a, it's like a disease. It's like an STD. Yeah, it's like an STD. She sorry, kissed, she I kissed gave him. Magic. And she kissed him and pressed her big breasts against him, and now he's a he is a magician. And in in the following, what happens in the rest of the first episode is that some bad guys I guess kind of bust into the nurse's office and 
they are after the girl and he's gonna protect her so he has like a kendo sword that I don't remember where it comes from but he has a kendo sword and he's fighting this guy who has like a cloud buster sword like you know steel sword with a sharp blade and in a way that only anime can do, they managed to have a sword fight. Kendo sword versus gigantic 60-pound metal steel buster sword. And somehow the kendo sword is just perfectly fine. It's able to, you know, stand up to the sharpness and the weight of the, of the, ken- of the, of the giant buster sword. And they go through this whole battling episode where, you know, if we're like Nanase and like two or three of his friends are all turned into, into magicians by being around the presence of magic. And they all have, like, different powers. So, like, Nanase's power is that he is, like, a... Oh, I can't remember the term they use for it, but he's able to sort of anticipate people's actions. So he's, like, an evader. He can he can see what you're going to do before you do it and dodge any, any attack, I guess. So the first episode is a lot of battling... And the second episode, they go to this parallel world, the ruined world, which is like this world where the world was destroyed by, by a magic war, and in order to preserve mankind, these, this, like, this committee of magicians decided to make a separate parallel world in which they decided that it was illegal to use magic to harm another person. So if you use magic on, a, on somebody in the non-ruined world... The, the parallel world that was created, you are killed. And so, in the first episode, when they're fighting, you will see that one of the guys uses magic to to hurt another person, and he's instantly like in like eliminated. Like I the, think, the, the world evaporates him with magic. I think Chiaki has a question. Yes, I see she's raising her, her hand very <laughs> boisterously. How can one raise their hand boisterously? Very aggressively. Very what, aggressively. My, it was just I was. What is your question? Okay, so you were watching an episode of this, and I happened to to be looking over your shoulder before the show. You were rewatching some things. Yes, indeed. And and you're talking about all of this, like other worlds and and magic yes. STDs and things yes. like that. But all I saw in the episode was, "Is she your girlfriend?" Oh my god! I haven't even gotten. I haven't even gotten that to that part yet. But like, like, does all of this stuff that you're talking about even matter? Well, I mean, it might. It might or it might not, honestly. That's what I'm going to say. So what you need to know is that the summary is that Nanase and his friends get turned into magicians. They go, they get taken by the girl Mui to her to her world, the ruined world, and they learn that the world they existed in is a world that was created to sort of preserve mankind, and in that world, magic cannot be used to harm other people. So... I guess she's sort of fortunate that the bullet didn't hit him in the nurse's office because she would have been killed. So you can't use magic to harm another magician, I think is how it is. Or you can't use magic to harm a non-magician. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. So they go to the second world, and instantly it becomes a really shameful version of, like, Harry Potter, where they're in, like, this magic school, and there's, like, literally there's clans that you can join. So there's, like, the... Oh, God, I can't remember. One of them was the Spriggans, and then there's, like, the, I don't know, the Phoenixes and all this other crap, and there's, like, six or seven, like, seals. Gryffindor. Oh, wait, sorry. Gryffindor. Oh, no, I mean the the Steel Guard or whatever they call it. And they they have, like, they spend time in magic classes, and 
But mostly the next two episodes are about like who loves who. And so the third episode, right off the bat, Nanase is trying to recover some fo- some nudie photos that they that the boys have taken of his pseudo girlfriend Isoshima. And so but Isoshima finds out that in the nurse's office in the first episode he accidentally, supposedly accidentally, kissed Mui, and so you have, like, this love triangle rage happening between the two girls, and meanwhile, in for episodes two and three, none of the talk of, like, magical wars or anything is, ever really happens again. So, I did watch part of episode four, and in the beginning of the episode, it looks like they will be, you know, doing some fighting or something, but... Any more questions? No. No. So this anime is like... School, I, I, it's going to go one of two ways, right? It's either going to be this this really, really heavily school-influenced anime where most of the time will be spent in school doing like stupid anime things like fighting over whose girlfriend is who or he's my boyfriend. No, he's my boyfriend. And then maybe they'll have like two episodes of Magic Wars at the end, which is how anime usually seems to go. Or... And probably a lot less likely, they really will focus heavily on like magic fighting and wars and things like that. That was the most <sighs> disappointing thing to me about Blue Exorcist is the first episode of Blue Exorcist is amazing. It's so good. And then the second episode, you're like, oh, it's a school show. Poo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it tricked you. It was like, we're not, it's, this, I promise this is not a school show. Oh, wait, just kidding. I got like halfway through it and I was like, uh, it's all right. Well, I put this anime like it was like my third my third choice for this season. I was hopeful based on the description of it and the fact that it was called Magic Wars. I was hoping that it would at least be an action anime, but it's an but it's a show, it's an anime, so they have to have, you know, I'm going to grab your boobs and accidentally kiss you. Why is it that when people fall on top of each other, they always end up kissing. I've never fallen on someone and kissed them. I've never I mean, fallen you, on someone ever. You would think the force of falling on someone, you'd probably knock your teeth against <laughs> their oh, yeah. teeth or something. Oh, yeah. That'd it be, would be really, really bad uncomfortable. Kiss. So, so they have like, like, air, like, like, like pressure sensitive braking systems in their lips that, like, when the lips touch, they their bodies like suspend in midair just so they can have a nice, gentle kiss. Perfect pressure. <laughs> Perfect pressure lips. That shit would never happen, ever. And in the poll we did before the news break. The result of the poll, only only one person said they are enjoying Mahola Sensol out of the out of all the people that voted. So I don't God. Well, there I don't you know. go. There's your there's answer. There's absolutely no like there's this is a season that is filled with magic. There's there's wizard baristas. There's witchcraft works. There's I'm I think Nobuna Gun has some sort of like magical elements in it. There's it's sci-fi DNA sci-fi, whatever. Yeah. Me, yeah. I'd say, but it, it definitely does there's, have a kind of magical. Well, yeah. It's fantasy-ish. Yeah, somewhere on the line. The bottom line is that there's plenty of magic this season, and from what I've seen, this is the worst out of all of the magic shows. Um, I'm obviously not passing it, and I'm sorry. I apologize to that one person that likes it the best. I'm I'm sorry I disappointed you. What we've got here is a piece of shit. It's so harsh. It's harsh, but in this case, it's really, it really is true. Oh. All right. I, I, I knew from the first two minutes that this anime was terrible. I mean, she fell on him with her big titties and kissed him. Bam. Anime. You're very prescient in an, that way. Anime reveals its cards. Right on. All right, Chucky. Tear one up. 
I'm going to do an impression on ZX Ignition. Tear this shit up. Or Zillions of Enemy X. This sounds awesome. <laughs> so. So this anime was based on a card game, right? So here's the story. You have the world, and then these black orbs appear in the world. And from the black orbs, I don't know why I'm talking like this. Yes. Please stop. Uh, <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. From the black orbs, these evil demon monsters appear. Don't worry. You got to catch them all. What? Um, like Pokemon? They start wreaking havoc on the world. And then I don't know if it's the world or if it's just Japan. I don't know if this is a the world. And by the world, we mean Japan. <laughs> You have these different sectors of Japan, and we're in the Kobe sector as the show starts, and the show starts with, like, a flash forward, and then it goes back in time, so it's kind of one of those, we're gonna start you off with an action beat, and then go back and explain everything. Mm -hmm. So it starts off where people have their monsters, and they're battling, and they're like, oh, are you from the red group? And... What I get really confused about right off the bat is I was like, wait, I thought the world was being destroyed by these monsters that were going into it. We went like the from Langoliers. The, we went like from the 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 world is being destroyed to to we're taming the monsters. Um, and so they're fighting. And then the second episode, you start finding out the backstory of the main character who I've completely forgotten his name. What's his name? Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The dude. The dude is a college student with like a part-time job, and he... <laughs> I am Pope Titan. <laughs> and Mitsugi's obviously bored. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitsugi. I have donned the Attack on Titan mask and the Pope hat to make Pope Titan. <laughs> should do every episode like that. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to make this quick. So basically there are monsters and you can capture them in cards and the angel monster likes the onsen. This anime failed. Wow. <laughs> Rock and roll. That's awesome. We should do more like that. No, no, no. You had to give more information than that. Why? Okay, he's a college student. He's in a dorm room. He finds an angel. She's Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. So the the reason the when we established this new system, we agreed that these were going to be like mini reviews. So I I know it's terrible, but at least try to summarize the first three episodes. I already did. Yeah, she totally did. There's he finds an, it, so he I finds an it. angel. It happens so no, fast. I missed it. There's an attack on Kobe. Okay, so there's the black points. Monsters come into the world. We get to the first episode. Attack on Kobe. It's an action beat. The next two episodes are backstory of how he got to that point. He finds an angel. Someone from the black town wants to attack him because everyone has their own methods for attacking. There's missing angels in the white realm because the white realm isn't paying attention to Kobe. Does he take and the angel on a country road in a convertible and hold her high he, up so that she can fly and there's he, a nice song he doesn't i wish he did though damn it <laughs> instead he takes her back to his dorm room and he freaks out because there's no girls allowed and i'm like wait you can just say capture and suck her back into the card thing you're holding why are you freaking out and so he freaks out so and she's like his so he's so she's like his pet she's uh. like his pikachu so can he make her do like bad things <laughs> Naughty no, things? No, he like he can't control Is her. Is she hot? She's got to oh, be hot. Oh yeah, she's ridiculously hot. And so, so then she 
he's watching human TV and she's like, what's that? And he's like, it's an onsen. And he's like, and she's like, I want this thing called onsen. And so she goes to the dorm onsen with one of his friends and he's like, oh, this is my sister. And the girl's like, um, okay. And I'm like, why do you believe that? And the chat wants to know if there's Kobe beef in it. No, I wish there was. I mean, I'm sure Kobe beef is somewhere. I'm sure there are cows somewhere in Kobe, but getting their massages. Um, and drinking their beer. And then there's then there's an attack while they're at the dorm and and the angel is like, Do you know what's under me? Do you we can't fight here? And they're like, Yes, it's a dorm full of people and she's like, No, an onsen And so, um What? A dormitory is also an onsen? There's an onsen in the dormitory. Oh, that sounds amazing. Where can I where is this <laughs> school and how can I attend? Um and then they fight and there will be an episode of this anime where she's in the onsen and all the guys are freaking out about it. Riveting. Well, you know what? Haven't we learned our lesson yet? So we have, we've now had, we've, we've now done like three or four animes based on pachinko machines. We've done like a dozen <laughs> animes based on video games. Man, we've I done think, animes I think based Bakumatsu on like might have been the best one, and it's not that good. We've done anime. We've seen animes based on like character figures, like. Like Super Sonico, when we we we've had card game animes before. When are we gonna learn that all of these shows are terrible? Almost all of them are terrible. It's really bad. The animation is awful. They just recycled mouth movements without moving the characters. It's awful, I tell you, awful. All right, I'm okay. gonna get, I'm gonna get into a an impression of a show called World Conquest Zvezda Plot. This is by Studio A1 Pictures, directed by Tensai Okamura, who also uh, was director on Darker Than Black and Blue Exorcist. And this is an original property. It's not based on anything, as I understand it. So World Conquest Zvezda plot begins, or Zvezda plot, actually. I It looks like it should be Zvezda, but the Japanese pronunciation is Zvezda. 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 So World Conquest Zvezda plot. They don't even have a V in Japanese, so this must this must have been yeah. a really frustrating like thing a, for them to it's pronounce. It's like a B. And uh, I squished together like b b b b b is It's like the katakana for b and then the katakana for i. You kind of have to do that. Thing. I don't know. It's weird. But uh, this show, this that's impossible to pronounce, begins with a glimpse of the future. So this is a future that has been conquered by someone known as Kate and her organization called Zvezda. We then jump back to a not yet conquered present day where we meet our main character Asta Jimon. Asta is a runaway that gets caught in the machinations or machinations of the Zvezda organization, and it appears that he will have a front seat and maybe even participate in the conquest of the world. Bum, bum, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. So in episode one, we meet our runaway Jimon just as he's being cut off by his father over the phone uh, financially. Uh, he meets a classmate who warns him that martial law will be enforced tonight so the military can take care of some crisis. Uh, the homeless boy has no place to go, so he's out past the mandated curfew naturally, and roaming the empty streets, he happens upon a little girl who kind of bloviates about her dreams of world domination, uh, and her name is Kate. Wait, the little girl is like, hi, nice to meet you. I want to take over the world? Basically, yes. Dang. She's very, very uh, rambunctious. And she's like, oh, I'm a moe girl. Give, me, give me both your meat buns. She's cho genki, as they say, and super kawaii. <laughs> He takes her words lightly until a strange giant, giant creature appears and is efficiently neutralized by Kate and her costumed comrades. So they greet each other as operatives of the Zvezda organization, and Jimon kind of realizes that this is uh, a, a real thing. 
So that's episode one. Episode two uh, showcases a kind of a typical dinner, uh, so to speak, in the in the Zvezda headquarters, which is really more or less a clubhouse. Uh, Jimon is invited by Zvezda member Itzka to eat with their eccentric little family, and uh, Itzka also uh, prepares the food, which is so horrible it causes most of the Zvezda members to run from the room and the broadcast sensors to blur the grotesque smorgasbord. There's actually mosaic blurring the food because it's so nasty. It's it's a joke, but yes. I'm laughing really hard. So funny. Uh, when someone accidentally unleashes a giant monster on the city, the Zvezda members must forget about the dinner and take care of the problem. After the smoke settles, it's decided that Jimon should be the new household cook since he appears to be much better at it than Itzka. Episode two. Finish. Did they get shawarma after they defeat? They the did monsters? not get shawarma. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there was an, a nice uh, anime food porn shot at the very end with all of his delicious food. Uh, the third episode uh, decides to get a little bit political when Kate and her crew decide to declare war on all smokers. It's cigarette smokers. Unfortunately, Zvezda member Yasu is also a smoker, so he is promptly exiled from the Conquest Club. Uh, the group manages to rally a city's worth of non-smokers against the smoking menace, driving the nicotine addicts into one last uh, uh, um, carbon monoxide-filled bastion, so to speak, which is a pachinko parlor, naturally, uh, on the outskirts of town. This is where they have their final showdown, sort of. Uh, this other secret organization that cropped up briefly in the second episode seems bent on stopping Zvezda, so they drop a quote-unquote bad guy bomb on the smokers, non-smoker standoff. And no one dies because morality isn't a binary. This sounds like... So this... From that synopsis, it would sound like an anime made for kids, like where they're trying to teach, like, don't smoke or something morals. But I googled this anime and just image searched. And there's a lot, a lot of bikinis. Why is every single five-year-old girl on the show wearing like a thong? Like, like here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one. Mm. Why do do they not have clothes? No, they All don't. Of them. They don't really dwell on in that this clo- stuff. In this it's, world, clothing does not exist. It's their, it's their costumes or something? So they're I don't know. fighting. She, Dude, <laughs> they look five. They do, they do make a point. There is a visual gag that's really this kind one. of great that when she transforms, she does the little spinny thing and like the light comes up. But like from off screen, like the clothes that get put on her are being put on by people. Like, <laughs> like the hands come in and like push her shoes onto her feet. This is definitely not a Mitsugi anime. Definitely not. I mean, I, I already hate it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it myself. It looks yeah. like a, it. It looks more risque than attacking the vampire boon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what actually happened with the bad guy bomb thing in the third episode is that there was some device that if you smoke, it will replace your soul with smoke. And the bad guy bomb only works on people with bad souls. So it, it's, I don't know. It's, that's what it was. Um, the show is really actually quite beautiful. Um, it's got a, an amazing sense of color with lots of really deep purples and blues. The art direction is particularly fantastic. Uh, and if if you just see a picture of their headquarters, the the, the clubhouse, it's kind of a slipshod amalgamation of parts that make up this uh, the Zvezda headquarters. And that alone is evidence of the great uh, art direction in the show. It's actually, their clubhouse is kind of reminiscent of Howl's Moving Castle, uh, mm. the way that is kind of just thrown together has that kind of thrown together together look the show dis- despite the de- my descriptions the show's actually pretty funny and charming and uh, uh, even a bit profound um but the show does not take itself seriously it's very very light and some of the more 
sitcom-esque setups don't always work. Like the second episode I didn't find particularly funny. Um, but the show has a good sense for comedic beats and visual gags. The first episode is really evident, uh, evidence of that. And the third episode I think is really funny too. Um, it's got a nice diverse array of wacky characters that the audience has al- already has a pretty solid understanding of, uh, even just three episodes in. Of course, there's lots of room to grow, but none of the characters have been left in the dark, and that's that's really refreshing. I mean, they've really, really uh, kind of illuminated these characters in a really short amount of time <clears throat> for how many characters there are. And I think there's like seven or something main ones, something like that, six or seven. Um, the show almost makes a point to ignore the fact that its female lead is a Moe Loli character and instead kind of hones in on the absurdity of this little girl's bid for world domination. Uh, like I said before, her transformation sequence, <laughs> quote unquote transformation sequence in episode three, intentionally avoids fan service by covering her entire torso with like this glowing white light. So there's no definition of anything. And, uh, And it makes the joke that her lackeys are helping her put on her costume. There's nothing magical about her transformation because you can see them like pushing her shoes onto her feet and putting her little cape on and whatever. Um, So there's no real transformation taking place. It's, you know, it's the gags like this that kind of help this make this show a standout for me. And I think it's a I think it's a really good show. I like it. I really do. So. I'm going to have to take your word for it because the pictures scare me. Yeah. I, the pictures scare they, me. They're terrifying. They are like, they are terrifying, but it, it is it is charming and funny and can I, can I just, not at all what it looks like it probably is. <laughs> can I just have to say, though, just a personal pet peeve. I know why they do it. I yeah. know why it happens. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going into battle, you're not like your initial instinct is, let me wear the most risque clothing that's going to yeah, make myself the most the, vulnerable ever. The same problem exists with American comic books. The oh, same, I know. I mean, even a great show like Gatchaman Crowds had a character, and I mentioned this in my review of Gatchaman Crowds, there's a character who's like a social introvert and like can't handle social situations, but she wears a bikini all the time. That's like the opposite of, of make sense land. I don't know. Um but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to pass this show. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a, a real standout for the season, and I like that it's original too. It's an original idea. Cram, I respect that you are not easily swayed by things that that either Chiaki or myself might say about a show. I don't get caught up on peeves like that. Like if if the first thing I did Man, and when I saw like a character like hers go uh lowly crap and turned it off, then well, it's I, more than that. I, I never mean, see anything. <laughs> it, it's more than that. First of all, I watched an episode of this anime, the first episode, um, and I mean the fact that there's so much of that in the show, and then also the fact that the show doesn't take itself seriously are all reasons why I'm not really probably going to like it. I don't like gag goofy stuff, mm. so I'm probably not going to follow the show. I'm probably not going to pick it up, but I do appreciate that you are not swayed by either Chucky or myself when we Google the show and every single girl and it's wearing a, wearing a bikini thong. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, uh, that's not where the show's interests are. And I know that there are going to be people that watch this show and that's what they hone in on. That's what they focus on for good or for bad to criticize it or to kind of latch onto the show because this, this is go- going to draw, draw an otaku audience for that reason. Yeah. But the show is not, the show is not like ghost rape. <laughs> I, 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 I am torn. I am torn though, because I think to myself, you know, I could watch the show and torture myself for three months and then give people that listen to the podcast a really funny review where we argue about it and I rant mm. and put on the Pope hat, which people will probably like. Or I could just spare myself the agony and not, not do that to myself. So that will be a decision I have to make later, I think. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's fine. So I pass. Pass on World Conquest. Zvizda plot. Zvizda plot. Okay, so we have two more impressions to do, and who would like to do the first of these impressions? I think one of them is Chiaki's. And one of them's mine, one, one of them's yours. And one of them is mine, so... Whichever you want to... Whichever way you want to go, Mitsugi, you pick. Your call. Okay, What's well, the, the show that I'm doing is pretty easy. Um, it's Ginosaji Season 2. It started airing on uh, July 12th, so I guess that's the summer. And it's the story of of a boy who whose name is Hachiken who goes to an agricultural school to because he doesn't know what to do with his life and he wants to you know try something new and most of the people that are at the school that he goes to know why they're there they have families that are involved in agriculture or they have specific goals or dreams regarding agriculture but he's just sort of there floating and doesn't really know what he's doing that's the first that's the first season of the anime with the, what the basic setup is and what happens in the first season is that you get a lot of really cute charming episodes that are about down to earth things that you might actually study in, in an agricultural school like how to milk cows or how to uh, take care of chickens or don't not, not falling in love with the animals at the farm because you're going to have to slaughter them later or how to ride horses or getting a summer job that involves bailing hay or whatever the hell it might be. So the first season of the show was pretty good. I think I gave it a four or you, three and a half. You might have you might have answered this already, but does this anime take place in Hokkaido? I feel like it would. Mm, have and does to. and does it have any bestiality fan service? Oh my! <laughs> this anime was originally really famous because it's done by the same mangaka that did Full Metal Alchemist, and which is why people care about it at all. Yeah, except it's also excellent. Um. The oh snap, <laughs> it is apparently uh, it's excellent. Oh uh, well, it is excellent. I mean, the show is just it's just a charming slice of life about a boy that's in an agricultural school, and the second season of the anime follows directly after the first season. You really probably you you can watch the second season of this show without watching the first season simply because it's very light and there's not a whole lot of like heavy plot, so you don't have to follow a whole bunch of stuff from the first season. But that being said, you might enjoy it more if you have the, even some of the background or some of the uh, attachment to the characters. The second season does a lot of the same things that the first season did. You you have uh, a lot of at least in the beginning of the second season, there's a lot of, in, of interaction with learning how to ride horses. And there's an episode where the, where they're doing a like a horse jumping competition. You know where you ride ride around the ring and and jump over the the obstacles and. It's difficult for me to say a whole lot about the show because of the fact that it already had a first season. I think that people that like lighthearted comedy and slice-of-life shows will probably really enjoy this anime. It's really super unique because I've never seen or even heard of another anime that takes place and has so much to do with farming. You know, people have said, oh, Moyashimon, but this anime is not Moyashimon at all. There's no, there's virtually no sci-fi or fantasy element at all. I mean, in Moyashimon, the boy can see can see bacteria, right? Yeah. But in this anime, and I know that Chucky's seen a couple episodes of Ginosaji, this anime has no fantasy elements whatsoever. It's just a cute, down-to-earth show um, about, you know, this is why horses should be respected, or they uh, they find a little dog in the first three episodes of Ginosaji of the second season. And the dog is is a stray, and in order to 
feed the dog and get food for it. They put a little collar on the dog that has like a, a snack. They write like doggy snacks on the on this little on this little container that they hang around his neck. And when people have my spare money, they just put the coins in his little doggy neck thing so he can pay for his own food and stuff. And that's really cute. The dog's cute, and there's a there's a um, there's like a, a whole section about training the dog because the dog starts to not respect Hotchkin, and so the Hotchkin reads about how to train dogs. And um, as far as I've seen, this is probably the best show of the season. I've um, talked to some people on the forum, and everyone seems to like this show. It's almost impossible to not like Ginosaji. You might not love the show. There might be shows that you like more than this one, but there is no one that's going to be put off or offended by this show at all. But we've discussed on this show that that we've I think we've sort of decided that it's better that if we don't pass shows that have that are like the second seasons. So it wouldn't really be fair to make Cram or Chiaki watch the uh, the second season of Ginosaji because they haven't seen the first season. Is that how you guys feel? Yes, I would yeah. agree with that. We kind of we did that. I did that with Valvrave. Uh, Chiaki did that with Magi. Magi. You did not do that with Hajime no Ippo. Yeah, which so. is going to prove problematic. Yeah, well, you don't like sports anyway, so perfect you didn't even, score. You didn't even want to watch the Olympics <laughs> with me today. So. That's right. I hate I hate all sports. I hate athleticism. So I mean, yeah, you're so you're pretty much doomed for Hajime Hajime no Ippo, but. So basically, what's going to happen with with, with Ginosaji is that I would I would um I would stake my stake my reputation what what little reputation I have that this is probably a top three anime of the season, but I'm not going to pass it because I am probably going to watch this one and cover it later I'm on my own. I'll do a, I'll do another review on an episode where we have no group from group reviews to do. So I am not going to pass Ginosaji, but I recommend that everyone who likes slice of life anime or has seen the first season, definitely should watch this show because I think it's excellent and it looks beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful also, so... Yeah, so can't pass it, though, so sorry. Gandalf casts you down into the pits of hell from whence ye came. All right, Chiaki. Okay. I'm going to do an impression on Nobunagun. And Nobunagun, I don't even remember. What choice was this for me? This was, I'm pretty sure this was low. Or maybe or maybe I put it high because I was... I'm tweeting about this right now, that you're talking about Nobunagun, and I misspelled it as Nobunafun. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty fun. Yeah, Nobunagun was my 11th choice. It was the choice that like... Well, that's way down there. ...was when I started just putting things on the list that went, mm, this looks like maybe it'll be tolerable. And because it has that death nail curse of having Nobunaga in the title, and let's just admit that for the most part, Nobunaga anime is really bad. It's really Well, yeah, bad. typically. I, I think a couple of seasons ago we had one where it was uh, like Warring States period Nobunaga at all with Moe girls? Yeah, there, there is right? almost a... And her cell phone. Nobunaga the Fool this season was also... Th- th- there is a Nobunaga something anime almost every year. And from to my knowledge, they're almost always I, I not I don't understand good. why. He's not very interesting to me. 
That would well, be someone thinks he is. That would be like every every year we get like three or four Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, or Abraham Lincoln cartoons where he's kicking people's asses. <laughs> <in the show. laughs> that would be awesome. That would kind Can of I be awesome. Say that would be awesome though. <laughs> All right, so Nobunagan starts out it do the normal. It is based off of a manga. The manga started in 2011, but it only has three volumes. So for despite having quite a long quote-unquote run so far it doesn't have a lot of time um content the anime television series is brought to you by studio bridge what is that which i'm not what has studio bridge done i'm not really sure um i thought this anime looked really nice yeah it it looks it looks it's pretty it's it's very it's real pretty let me see i'm gonna pull up what else studio bridge has done um Studio fairy Bridge tale. did oh, a really, work really on small, Fairy Tale. They really did small. Devil Survivor 2, the animation. Mitsudomoe. Mitsudomoe. They did. They did a bunch of other production assistants, but a little bit of work on ones. a little bit of work on Star Driver. So, it is headed by Studio Bridge. It is directed by Nobuhiro Kondo, and Nobuhiro Kondo was the director for. Not too much of importance. This kind of is his directorial debut. They only the only other thing that he has director is uh, Keiko Kamen, an OAV that I've never heard of, and Geikito Crush Gear Turbo, the movie he was the director for. So I'm gonna kind of call this show maybe his directorial debut. Um, maybe not in the literal sense, but but pretty much in the sense of it's a big title this season. So Nobunagan follows the story of Shio Ogura, and Shio Ogura is a, unsurprising, Japanese high school student. No way. I know, right? No, no, seriously? No way. But I wouldn't call her average. Shio has a obsession with military. Her room is not what you would expect of a normal high school girl's room. In her room, she has camouflage, she has tanks, she has model airplanes, she has... Nerd alert! Guns. She's a military nerd. She's a military nerd. But it's not. It's not like in that like she's a Yankee type sense of or just like guns. Like she's an actual military nerd. And so in the first episode, her class goes on a school trip to China, <laughs> something random, like Taiwan or something, and and they go on a school trip. And of course. Her difference from her classmates is further illustrated when her classmates, all the other girls are like going around in their girl groups going, look at this. And they're taking pictures and she's taking pictures going like you could hit that with a something, something sniper rifle from this distance and whatnot. So she's so he says she's Sosuke Sagara from from Metal Panic. Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see awkward. Yeah. She's a little awkward. Got it. And it's not the. The awkwardness is done really well because it's not overblown to the point of of ridiculousness. But there is that kind of like in the first episode, one of her classmates comes up to her and is like, "Here, let's," and and takes a picture. And she's like, "Okay, I'll I'll mail it to you. Give me your your mail address." And it's kind of that. There's that moment of, "Oh, are you are you talking to me?" Oh, okay, okay. And she gets a little flustered. 
and and it's kind of that really cute that really cute very sincere kind of kind of feeling toward toward that interaction um so then the shit hits the fan and while they are out on this field trip all of a sudden there is an attack by monsters a titan? not an attack not a titan Aww. but they are large some of them are large they're attacked by monsters that are called evolutionary invasion objects and we haven't really covered much of what they are eio eio they haven't really covered much of what they are or where they come from they're definitely a they're alien in origin the the backstory that we've gotten so far is that they've come from a meteor that crash landed to earth that brought a bacterium and the bacterium has been quickly evolving on Earth's atmosphere. And so the point of which we're at is these EVOs, um, or EVO, EIOs have gotten to the point where they are okay in the ocean and they're just now getting to the evolutionary transition of being able to come on land. And, of course, it's that, you know, they're monsters and we want to kill them because they'll kill us. The people who want to kill them are part of an agency called D-O-G-O-O, or Dugo, Dogo, um, and this agency is an agency which doesn't seem to, I can't, I can't recall if it's attached to one government. My impression is that it's not attached to any specific government. It is, it is outside the governments, but it's working in conjunction with a lot of governments because this is the only organization that has the agents known as e-gene holders. It's like a thousand acronyms. And e-gene holders, well, and they do a pretty good job of presenting them throughout. This is all information you get in the course of about four episodes this isn't this isn't something that they dump all on you right in the first episode they give it to you in bite-sized pieces um and e-gene holders what makes them special is that they are basically reincarnations is kind of a a loose term but they have the souls they are reincarnated however you want to word it of these previous historical figures. So in the first episode, we see Jack the Ripper, or the guy who who has the incarnation of Jack the Ripper come. And Shio Ogura's in- reincarnation is of Oda Nobunaga. And so when it comes time when her e-gene or whatever is awakened and it comes time for Oda Nobunaga in her in her soul to pick the weapon the weapon is a gun and so, then she becomes Nobunaga gun so is it like Gene Starwin's caster shells um on steroids <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous i don't know Gene Starwin's caster shells are pretty awesome um supposed to kill him after one one use how many times did he fire like six uh, six or seven something like that <laughs> man that guy got nine lives so so she she basically she gets these she awakens her powers and she tries to fight the monsters um that are coming meanwhile gandhi comes and the the reincarnation of gandhi comes and the reincarnation of uh tesla or no no newton sorry newton comes and they help out but one thing that i really respected the series for was right off the bat is yes she's powerful yes she has these powers but she's not perfect and and she isn't good enough right off the bat well no one's perfect and 
she isn't trained and she doesn't succeed in stopping the monsters, basically. Um, and so the second episode is then this organization, Dogo, has approached her and is asking her to join them. And they're like the only ones who can fight these monsters. And so she has like this pressure from a bunch of people who she never knew. For example, like people know that she that she's an e-gene holder because everything was public the attack was public and things like that and so like she's watching news programs and people are being interviewed and they're like if you had this power would you join dogo and they're like yeah i would join dogo it would be the right thing to do because because then i could fight for for everyone and eventually she decides to join so then episode three she's taken out to, d to have training basically and she's put basically through boot camp she has physical training she has she has classes and she has uh practical training is there a montage um yeah there's a little bit of one do they play rocky-esque music i don't remember oh what's the song that. from rocky three where he's training in russia in the snow burning heart oh i love that song i think i think i do i can't remember um but She's training and they do they kind of have the right amount of of flash forwarding to to not have it be too super long drawn out but still show enough of the training that it feels like she's she's struggling and that she's having to to grow and learn. So then comes along comes the fourth episode and in the fourth episode she has um basically a moment to shine and and she does so and it's really engaging. So here's the thing about this show. First off, it is gorgeous. This show is really pretty. The animation is fantastic on it, um, which makes it very easy to watch. Another thing about the show is that it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I don't... <sighs> I don't necessarily know. It could have it could have some some greater plot that it's going for, and it's already alluded to it. Like Dogo, there's some kind of alien or sci-fi or or something from the future, maybe creature that's behind it that seems to have this knowledge that's been given to help fight the aliens. So there's already kind of a, a what is Dogo? Where did it come from? What's their real goal going on here? And you have the mysterious woman who runs it, and then the interactions between the characters are really nice, and I really respect the series for the fact that that it's making her struggle. Um, one one other thing I want to say, I feel like history is just something that maybe got a little, I don't know, on trend this anime season. And one of the things about this show is that, yeah, I've, I've dropped a bunch of names, Jack the Ripper, Jack the Ripper and... We have uh, Galileo comes in later and these historical figures, but really it's not important. They don't dwell on it. It's not like everyone's like, oh, you're the reincarnation of Oda Nobunaga. Like it doesn't come up all the time. Why have it then? This feels like an anime trope. We have to have like a thousand historical figures in my anime. I think, I think it was just the method that they chose for for having the powers come to be. I mean, it's like, there's always yeah. that reason where it's like, you're chosen because you're this or you're that, or you came into contact with this, or you have the power, or you were born at this time. I it, just, might, it might feed into something story-wise later on that's more significant, but yeah. like you could, you could say the same thing about a show like Clone High, where it's like, why... 
why make Abraham Lincoln and Gandhi go to the same high school? Well, it's kind of funny. I mean, that's yeah, it, it works on a certain level. I I get what you're saying, Mitsugi, and I do kind of agree to it to some extent. But really, it could have just been anything. And and the point is, is that it's not the point. It's not the point, really, that she's Oda Nobunaga. It's the point is that she's a kid who's now gotten these powers and is in now the struggle to save, protect the world. So so that I, I like about it. The animation is good. The action sequences are good. The pacing has been fantastic. I haven't felt like any time has been wasted so far, so the pacing has been great. Um, and I watched four episodes in one sitting. Wow, that's actually a lot. So that's really that's really unusual for you. Yeah. So normally you're like, what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. You just wait till the end and power through it. Yeah, yeah. And I I was really excited and really when once I got to three episodes, I wanted to watch a fourth. So. If you can't tell, I'm actually going to pass this show. I think I don't know if it'll have a deeper meaning or or something substantial to give at the end of the day, but at the very least, we're already a third of the way into it. Um I think it's I think it's projected to be 12 episodes. Um Yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be 13. So and so we're a third of the way into it, and the pacing has been fantastic. And I'm really excited for what's next. So I'm going to pass this. Sweet. I think you'll enjoy it, Cram. That's it awesome. almost. I think you'll enjoy it. I think Mitsugi may enjoy it if he lets himself. Let go of <laughs> your old man tendencies. <laughs> you can have some fun once in a while. I do have fun. I just, I just have very specific, specific fun. So I ran a poll in the uh, in the chat to see which of the three anime that we did not pass most deserved to fail, and basically I was trying to see which anime was a bigger stinker, Moho Senso or ZX Ignition, and they ZX Ignition is currently leading the poll with 50% of the votes. Ginosaji only has 7% of the votes, so yeah, ZX Ignition is the bigger stinker. How about that? Congratulations, Chiaki. How do you feel? Um, that justified. That I was right. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Feels, feels good to be validated. It does. So basically, we did not pass Maho Senso and ZX Ignition. Ginosaji 2, I failed, but I'll cover it later because it's really good. And we passed Nobunagun and World Conquest Zvezda Plot. Hmm. I'll be, I'll, I will be really interested to see what you boys think of Nobunagun. I'll okay. be really interested to see if you guys think I'm, I'm crazy. I'll probably watch some today. Or, it's on Crunchyroll. Or if you guys see what I see in it. I really dig Wake Up Girls so far. I'm, I'm glad. It's, it's really good. good. <laughs> it's good, right? Yep. Wasn't the bikini episode, didn't, at first you were like, oh we're, no, yeah. bikinis, but then they were totally. Yeah, totally worked. Yeah. Um. So that brings us to the end of our 213th session of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I don't want to go. I'm sorry. We have to. We're, we're all out of time. And we don't have enough bandwidth to put a three-hour episode on the server. That's a lie. Oh, <laughs> well, we could. Let's do it someday. Um, you can find us at www.aaapodcast.com on iTunes, where we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a rating and a review. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast and on Twitter at AAA Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Dusty Cram Cram, where I'm tweeting 
uh, screenshots of anime that I'm watching with little commentaries and whatnot. You can also find us on Ustream.tv live every Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So just search for the Anime Addicts on there and you should find us. We want to thank everybody who joined us in the live stream and the chat. You really kind of enhanced this whole experience for us and we appreciate you coming out every week and doing this. Yeah, we had a, actually a, an extraordinarily large audience Particularly before the main topic, we we lost some of the uh, people that didn't want to listen to the to the intellectual discussion. But oh well, we, we, we retained the hardcore of the hardcore, and we Their appreciate loss. that you stayed with us. Yeah, the song taking us out today is called "Born to Be" from the anime wow. Maho Senso. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Born to be wild. No, Born to be by uh, from the anime Maho Senso by the artist Yuka Nandi. And uh, we'll see all of you next week. Take care, everyone. See you guys next time. Now that the show is over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit shows, including your favorite anime, anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to HuluPlus.com forward slash anime. That's HuluPlus.com forward slash anime.